0: VR training platforms, like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International, are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
1: As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop.
0: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
2: no more. Well, I wake up yeah, morning, you know, I figured I'd add something rain. different to the I got a That's right, that's uh, for those of you who don't know, that's Maggie's Farm, the Rage Against the Machine cover of Bob Dylan's Maggie's Farm. Uh, one of my favorite covers off that whole uh, Renegades album. Um, wasn't, Renegades wasn't one of my favorite Rage Against the Machine albums. Because I'm a, a huge Rage Against the Machine fan, um, Them and Deftones are my favorite bands ever, and, uh, I don't know, uh, Renegades took some time for me to get, uh, used to. Uh, it took me years for me to finally say, okay, it's badass, and so Maggie's Farm is probably, right along with, uh, there's a couple of covers on there that I like, um, but I'm gonna have to say Maggie's Farm is my favorite, uh track off that uh renegade album so anyway i figured i'd start a different. since i've been gone for weeks from the all angels podcast um i just want to thank everybody who uh who clicked the uh, play button on on your uh wherever you happen to find this <laughs> wherever you happen to find my link what's up it's johnny mags aka johnny blaze aka john 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 boy aka catfish call me what you want but it's your boy and i'm back for the All Angels podcast, um, like I said just a few moments ago, I've been gone for a few weeks because I felt like not that there wasn't enough to talk about, but baseball season ended. We were like a game away from making it into like a, a playoff situation, and it was just hard, you know. And there was there wasn't so much news. Um, I do want, to, however, want to clarify something here. Uh, podcast number ten, we had technical difficulties, and something happened where it got mixed up and it just, it wasn't, um, I took it down. Um, it was already too late when I figured out what had happened. It had posted to a different, um, to a different like a uh, link. It, it was just a bunch of crazy chaos. So I'll, that's why if you're a follower of the all angels podcast and you went from nine eleven, well, number 10 is in there somewhere, but it got lost. So it's gone, but this is number 11. And, um, and I, if I remember correctly, the last topic or the last thing we had really talked about or I had really talked about was, um, you know, the, the, the situation with the Angels and Mike Butcher being gone and, and Don Bader saying goodbye to Don Baylor. Um, but a lot has happened since then. And before I even start trying to get into it, um, just let me explain the situation with the All Angels podcast. Um, my thing is I'm going to do this. Until baseball, until maybe spring training. Maybe do it like once or twice a month. um, Just to get, let the news roll in. Or as big news comes through, maybe I'll do one. But I just wanted to make sure that I got one on here in December before, you know, it started piling up and I didn't get anything done. Um, I've been like MIA from like the whole Angels baseball community and family just because I've been busy with work and just, just a lot of things and um but um I, like I said I'm back and we're gonna do this um I got a lot of shout outs that I want to sh- like get out of the way first before I even start getting into a lot of the news that's been happening I got a couple of audio clips of Mike Sosa uh interviews that I would like to get into and then we'll get into some hot topic points obviously there's been a lot of um a lot of moving around but then a lot of a lot of you fans out there (laughs) are don't agree with what is happening and a lot lot of you might say there isn't enough moving around so but we'll get into that in a moment but first let me just say quick what's up to my angels baseball family um haven't forgotten about you guys um uh, jason kroom and and the whole abf out there um halos nation eddie colvin um you know, the Halos Network with, with Ryan, and, and I just, I'm not gone. i just been really busy. I got um, involved in in, in, in uh, some positive things in my life. And um, it's taken some time from my schedule here, but, you know, I'm fitting it in. And as soon as baseball season starts, trust me, I'm doing these weekly. It's going to be once a week like, I, like when I started. Um, so all my Angels family, all the Angels baseball community, What's up? I'm here. Johnny Mags, stealing bags, baby. I'm back. Big shout out to Anthony Hansen. know, Compa I haven't, I haven't talked to you in a minute. Um Surge, big surge. Uh I said Eddie, Colvin, Jason Crew, who I could just keep going. Geo, everybody, all the all everybody, man, that you know I, I run into and talk Angels Basel with. What up, yo? I'm here. Johnny Mags is here. And also I just wanna quickly say, you know. I have a. Also, the other thing that's been happening in my life is I have another podcast that I do with a good friend of mine, and he goes by the alias, the AKA. He goes by Malfunski, and I've known my brother for years now, and we do a wrestling podcast that, believe it or not, is very popular, and um, we've been getting a lot of positive feedback from that that podcast that we drop every Wednesday night. Um, man, it's been so much fun doing it you know I do it with my fun skiing. it's a trip because I started off with this one and I got a lot of positive feedback from this one but I do this one alone you know and this is more this is more of a this is this is a, I mean I went to wrestling school for a few <laughs> a few weeks and it ain't fake but it's an entertainment uh podcast and this is real sports this is you know not predetermined sports so um a, lot, a little more serious although I like to keep it Kind of, you know, I like to keep it a little, you know, fun. But the the wrestling podcast is an entertainment podcast. We have a lot of fun doing that, and it's been very popular. I've been getting a lot of like positive feedback. Like I said, just from from I, we, we got listeners in in England. Um, we got listeners like all over the states. It's crazy. We get messages on our 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 Spreaker account. Uh, people listen to us on Spreaker. It's awesome. And I love doing it. And this podcast. podcasting, you know, all angels podcast, I love doing it because I love the angels. They're my passion, along with a, a, you know, along with a, a few other things. But the angels is something that has been with me my entire life. And to be able to vent and have people listen to me, whether you agree with me or not, it's cool. And I like the feedback that I get. I like the fact that I look on my uh, statistics on Spreaker, and it shows how many people actually listened. That's freaking. That's awesome. That's like, dope right there. And Quickly, want to shout out another thing that I've been getting involved with is an organization called the Bearded Villains. Uh, we do, you know, I've been I've been uh, fortunate enough to join or, or, or take the steps to join this brotherhood of guys that obviously are bearded. But um, we do a lot of awesome things for the community um, to help people. Um, and last week we did a skid row, what we call it a skid row walk. And what we did was we gathered. And I wish, you know, I. In retrospect i should have i should have came on here and ma- did a podcast and should have i should have uh, asked for your guys' help because i know a lot of the angels baseball family as well Croom Croom dog loves to um help uh people in need too and we, we, sh- we should have done a abf bearded village southern california uh uh charity event and maybe we will one day um, i'll talk to kroom dog about that but um Last week we went to Skid Row in Los Angeles and we made what we did is we all gathered. There's about 47 brothers in the uh Bearded Villains Southern California chapter. We went we got together we we made hygiene bags. We we filled these bags with um deodorant, soaps, uh shampoos, uh a few snacks, water, socks, some gloves, whatever. I mean, we we packed it with things that were that we feel people who don't have people that are homeless need, you know. You know, just because you're homeless doesn't mean you can't, you don't want to smell good, or you know it's it's tough. And we also had um, some brothers donate, you know, clothes and jackets, and um, man, it was an eye-opening experience. I mean, I know, I know that that in this world, man, there's a lot of homeless people, a lot of uh, people who just can't help themselves, and a lot of war vets that just fell into bad situations. We had a lot of people who just fell into addiction, or just people who have nowhere to go, and but to see it in your own eyes and in person you know and seeing these people come up and and legitimately be very happy with what you give them was was something that really touched my heart and to see the kids out there with no with raggedy clothes and to be happy with the clothes that we would give them or or the water bottle that we gave them or the hygiene bag that we gave them there was a few brothers who who took toys out of their car that they had and, and gave to these children and just to see their eyes light up man oh it was so hard Holding it back, man, being this bearded bearded villain guy who, you know, we look rugged. But, man, it was it was one of those deals where you just saw it and, wow, really. Um, but that's the kind of things that we do as uh, bearded villains. We we also did a kidney walk in Griffith Park uh, about a month and a half ago. And the diabetes walk at Angel Stadium. I was there and, and with a bunch of my bearded villain brothers, we, we did the uh, diabetes walk to raise awareness for type 1 diabetes, which was a... Um, special place in my heart uh, those of you who know I lost my brother due to the diabetes and uh, succumbing to uh, kidney failure because of the diabetes so those two walks were special in my heart but we're a brotherhood of guys who try to do good in the community and uh, actually and then really just have fun uh, doing it you know being able to and it's a brotherhood too you know you grow bonds with these guys and I feel like I've known these guys forever and I love every single one of my very villain brothers so any of my bearded villain brothers that are listening to this podcast who are Angel fans because there's a lot of Dodger fans, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of Dodger fans, a lot of Dodger fan uh, bearded villains, but that's okay. There's there's some Angel fan bearded villain brothers there, and so if you're listening to this, guys, salute to you guys, freaking love you guys, and you guys know that. Um, anyway, well, let's get into what we're here for, and it's the, the Angels. Um, let's. I mean, first and foremost. We the last podcast and, and number ten got lost in the shuffle, but if I recall, we talked about um, Don Bader saying you know goodbye to Don Bader and saying goodbye to Mike Butcher and, I'm, and I know a lot of you guys were super happy with Mike Butcher being gone, which which is you know what it is what it is but I know a lot of you guys stood up and, <laughs> yep, and gave that cheer. Um, a lot of you guys were okay with uh, groove taking off, being being set free and loose. Um. And and you know, the Angels' moves from there have been you know the Angels started off with moves in the coaching staff. You know, saying goodbye to those guys and um, bringing back Ron Renicki and bringing back Bud Black. And now Ron Renicki will serve as the Angels' third base coach. Uh, something that he did for the Angels in our tremendous run. If you guys know that, if you guys don't remember. Um, now, let me, let me bring that up real quick before I even start. Um, because we, the moves that we made, I don't want to get too far. But anyway, okay. So anyway, Ron he comes back to the Angels after being, I think he was, um, I want to say he was like, uh, well, he was a manager of the Brewers, obviously. But then he was, uh, what, he's like a bench coach for the Dodgers or something like that. But, um you know he didn't land the spot as a Dodgers manager, but you know uh, he agreed to return as the Angels' third base coach. You know and rejoin um, Mike Sosha on the on the coaching staff. And <clears throat> and there, before that could happen, there was some things that he wanted to hear from B- uh, Billy Epper, the new Angels general manager. You know, um, this is and I'm going to quote. I'm going to quote this as quote from uh, Billy. Wait, hold. On. This is a quote from Ron Reneke. Some people don't think experience is important. And I think with the conversation I had with Billy, the things that we had to say were right in line with the way I think Renicky said in the phone conversation. I know Mike has also been really impressed with the conversations and he's had so far with him. So both the Angels, uh, you know, Mike Sosha, Ron Reneke are pleased with, with their, what they heard from Billy Epler. And, you know, Renicky came back, you know, and I, I dig that. I understand that. So with Reineke moving over to third base, the Angels switched uh, Gary Di who was only Angels third base coach for one season, moving them to the first base coaching staff, or uh, first base side, he's the first base coach, and the people are like, well, what about Alfredo Griffin? So Alfredo stayed on as like a bench infielder coach, you know, not the bench coach, but like an infielders coach, so he stays on, and, you know, as far as the hitting coach situation, Angels promoted what a lot of people knew was going to happen already, they promoted uh, Dave Hansen is the angel, as a hitting coach, a full-time hitting coach. Um, he's been on the, with the Angels for a few years now. He was the assistant hitting coach last year. Uh, we've seen him in the dugout, and um, we'll see. I, to me, now uh, a lot of people, as soon as things, you know, as soon as bad things start happening, want to point fingers. Boom, boom, boom! Let's fire this coach, it's fire that coach, it's fire this coach. And to me, a coach is a coach. It's it's how the player reacts to the coach that determines whether the player is going to hit the ball or not, whether he's going to pitch it right. You can't ultimately; it's in the hands of the pitcher. It's in the hands of the batter. Um, to me, the coaching aspect of of the game you're already at the major league level. You don't need to be told how to do things again and again and again. Now, don't get me wrong; coaches are important, but I think it's to me it's a bit overrated. It's a situation where it's a bit overrated and. You know whether it was billy uh we were, I'm thinking of Billy Epler, whether it was dave Hansen or or you know groove or whoever it is what it is it, I, not that big of a deal to me you know a lot of a lot of you guys won't agree with me on that and you guys you know were a lot of you guys were quick to want to fire certain coaches or whatnot to me it's not like that um but it's, it's good to have a guy who was already with the team. So a lot, of the, a lot of the guys are used to his style. So there's something to be said about that, you know. So what do I think about the moves of the coaching staff? It is what it is, you know. Um, more importantly than any of that, you know, as you're talking about coaches, Bud Black also came back as uh, the Angels assistant, special assistant to the GM. Um, I see Bud Black as a GM. You know, I don't, to me, he looks like a GM. He looks like a guy who could put the suit on, go out and make moves, doesn't he? I mean, uh, to me, he totally looks like he could be a GM, and it's it's good to have Bud Black back. It brings back some of that that uh, mystique, that old mystique of when we won the championship in '02. You know, we got these guys back: Ron Renicki, we got you know Bud Black back. If, if if anything, they bring back some of that aura, that old aura, you know. And um, it's 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 cool, you know. I, I dig that, and so. I'm gonna play a quick uh, piece from MLB.com from Alden Gonzalez, and he discusses Bud Black joining the organization as the uh, assistant ger- assistant to the uh, general manager. Um, so here goes, and remember, this is a um, this is a uh, a clip from uh, Alden Gonzalez on MLB.com. This is about a month ago, not quite a month ago, um, uh, from November 25th. So if you guys are like, "Oh, this is old news," hey, I haven't made a podcast in, since then. So. Anyway, here it is. Uh, hope you guys enjoy. So here you go.
3: But Black has such a history with the Angels that it always seemed like if he didn't end up back on his feet in a managerial position, he would find a way to rejoin the organization with some capacity. And I think that you know when the Nationals' job fell through, it seems almost inevitable that he would join the Angels. He still in Southern California. He still has strong ties to the Angels. You look at their coaching staff, Mike Socha, Ron Renneke, who just became their third base coach again, Steve Solis, uh, Alfredo Griffin. He's still pretty close with those guys. He's still really close with the ownership group when you talk about Artie Moreno and John Carpino and Dennis Cool, And he and Billy Epler, the Angels' first-year general manager, actually, have a pretty good relationship as well. It seemed like as much as Socha would have loved to have Buddy Black back with the Angels. I think Billy Eppler did as well. I think he values uh, who he is as a person and just kind of what he brings uh, to the table. And, you know, a lot of people uh, forget Buddy Black was being a potential front office guy at one point. Some people saw him as a a future general manager. He was uh, a special assistant to uh, John Hart in Cleveland for four years before he even joined the Angels as their pitching coach. And right now, I'm told uh, from speaking to Buddy Black, Speaking of Billy Epler, he's going to have a multifaceted role. It's going to be pretty fluid. He's going to be—he's uh, going to have a voice in uh, major league decisions. He's going to have a voice in minor league operations. I think a lot is still to be determined, but I think Billy Epler and just have both. Just wanted uh, his input uh, on their front office.
2: And just—and just like I said, just to have his his uh, <clears throat> like his presence around is is enough, you know. But that's cool to hear. He's going to have to he's going to have a say with major league issues and minor league issues. A guy like Bud Black is a guy who's, you know, proven himself to be a great manager, Manage manager. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got a little sound bite when I fuck up. Oh my god, I can't believe I just cussed. See on my All Angels podcast, I don't I don't cuss. I don't want to cuss. <laughs> on my wrestling podcast, that's a whole different story. So, excuse me, but here we go. <laughs> Excuse me, dropped a bad word there But this is a podcast, so um, He was a great manager in, in, Sa- in San Diego I think he he might have led the You know, I don't, I don't have the stance in front of me right now But he might have led the Padres to a Western Division Championship in his, in his years In his seasons there, in his tenure With the Padres But he's proven, I mean, he, he did good with what he had over there Trust me And uh, we all know what he did here in Anaheim so it's good to have a guy like Bud Black back. And, and you know, it's good to see that they have that much trust in him. So, you know, it uh, it leaves us with, with some sense of like, okay, we can probably we can trust these coaches or these guys in the front office. You know, I love Ron Renick. Ron, Ron Renick is a great coach as well, um, manager. Uh, to bring him back at third base, somebody that we're used to, somebody that we know, it's, it's, I, I dig it. So with that, those were the manager not the manager I'm sorry coaching staff and front office moves that the angels did so now let's move into the player movement and big deal the probably the biggest deal yet and and', and I know I, as soon as the deal went down and I heard it I said this had to have ticked off a lot of my angels baseball family a lot of my haloes nation people um and it, and and it and it, it didn't get me too upset because I'm a kind of guy that takes it in stride as far as moves and stuff because I feel that as a as a fan, I've been a fan so long that you know you, you, you get used to things happening that you maybe don't agree with or maybe not even agree with, but you you get heartbroken over. And as angel I'm a, you know, I've been on, on Angel's social media sites for a good you know almost ten years, I wanna say, you know, since the MySpace days. But um I know that a lot of our friends get attached to to players whether they're good or not. And uh but this one's a little different. Um the Angels traded Eric Ibar to the uh Braves for Ambleton Simmons. And when I when I when I heard the deal, I was not mad. Um I looked at it as a no now this is me not looking totally at numbers. This is just me going off what I know, knowledge, you know, outsider from, you know, an Angels fan looking at the Braves. I looked at it, I, I know who Anderson Simmons is, I know that, I know that he's a hell of a defender. This guy, he's the best shortstop defensively in Major League Baseball, I, I'm not, I'm not going to argue that, I'm not, if someone wants to disagree, fine, but to me, he's the best shortstop defensively in the game. And then I and then I thought about it and I said to myself, Ibar, I think this was the last year of Ibar's contract. Now, Ibar's up there in age. I don't know exactly how old Ibar is. I'm sorry that I don't know, maybe I should know. But I wanna say he's in his like like early thirties, but he's getting there, maybe thirty thirty two, maybe, thirty three, something like that. Uh In a shortstop position where you have to have range. And I'm not saying that Ibar has lost range or he's losing range. But I'm just seeing it as last year of his contract, a proven major league shortstop in Eric Ibar Ibar, who, (coughs) I'll tell you this, is, is up there with Simmons as far as defense. Because Ibar can pick it. But not better than Anderson, Not better than Simmons. not he's, Defensively, he's not. He's great, but he's not. It's proven. Anderton Simmons was last year's Defensive Player of the Year. Didn't win a go glove, but he was Defensive Player of the Year. Now, batting-wise, Eric Ibar, to me, he batted .300 or maybe once, maybe twice in his career in a season. To me, he's always been a 300 hitter, but he never fully did it consistently. Ibar was a let's I want to say a 275 to 285 type of hitter, you know. Um, God, I wish I would have brought up the stats. I don't want to make you guys wait, and, but I'm gonna bring up his stats. Let me see. Just just so I have a a um, so I'm not wrong here. Um, sorry, people. I know should have had it ready. Here it is. Quickly, yeah, internet. Alright. So, last year, Eric Arbar now he played in 156 games. That's pretty damn good. But last year, look, he batted 270. 270. He's a 270. He's a career 276 hitter. And now we can get k- actually get his age. He was born 84. So, he's up there. Uh, he's 32 years old, right? 31. going to be 32. January of 84. So... He's going to be 32 32 years old Yeah, I mean Yeah, that's I mean, that's getting up there um, He batted 312 and 09 That was his best season Nothing above 312 uh, 250, 237 277 312 253 279 290 271 278 270 So last year he batted 270 With uh, 3 home runs and 44 RBIs He scored 74 runs Um, That's not bad Right? So let's look at Andrelton Simmons, and this, this is where, and then this is where it gets it's tricky because then you're like, okay, now you're gonna you're gonna um, you're gonna uh, uh, compare numbers, you know? Of course. Okay, here he goes. Anderton Simmons. Now in four seasons, and this is four compared to ten. He's batted 250, 256. Um, he's definitely more of a power more power than ibar but he's not a power guy he played in 146 47 games last we hit four home runs 44 rbis bat at 265 so and this is how i looked at it you see very similar numbers right very similar numbers okay defensively a better player anderton simmons contract wise i think the angels have him locked up to 2020 I not have it correctly. Contested. he's at, signed through 2020. Wow! And then, you know, he signed through 2020. He is 26 years old. It was a, it was it was a move that had to be done because you're you're not losing much at the plate. You're gaining that much more on the field. So at the plate, it's even. On the field is where Anderton Simmons makes you know is a better player than eric ibar and age-wise much younger right contract-wise we don't have to worry about it till 2020 so he's a free agent in 2021 so to me it was a hey this is to me it was a great deal whether you guys agree with me or not i love eric ibar don't get me wrong i would have loved to have had eric ibar till the end of his career but you gotta look at it Baseball-wise, it made sense. It was a deal that if it if it was put on your table and said, "Look, it, we want we'll, we'll take Ibar, and his final year of his contract, and you can try to re-sign him after or keep him, but we'll give you Anderson Simmons. But we'll take we'll take Eric, or you know we'll just walk away and you keep Eric and try to re-sign him at the end of the year, and pay a 32, 33 year old guy pretty decent cash at a shortstop position." I love Eric, but you're giving me Anderson Simmons. I'm gonna take the deal. So the Angels traded Eric Ibar to the Braves for Anderson Simmons. And I, I I'm okay with the deal. I'm very okay with the deal. Um like I said, twenty six year old kid, man. Dazzle dazzles with the glove. He's a decent bat. I think one season he batted. Let me look, I have him right here. His rookie season in twenty twelve, he batted two eighty nine with um not very his his power numbers aren't that great. But he had 17 home runs in 2017. Or 2017. In 2013, he had 17 home runs. I think I think that can come because he's so young and he's he's it's he 6'2, 195. He looks like a like a heavier 195, but it looks like he can muscle up a little bit if 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 he uh, wanted to. But I don't know. I just I I like him. I like that deal. So moving on from that move let's go here and then and another move that it needed to be done um the angels uh lost well I want to say lost but they didn't re-sign uh Chris Iannetta and for me Chris Iannetta was a guy he was just a solid catcher whatever you can get from him offensively was a plus um he wasn't somebody that stood out to me like he wasn't uh uh he wasn't like, oh man, we lost Chris Iannetta. Oh, oh crap, you know, uh, what are we gonna do? No, it wasn't like that for me. But the Angels, what they did, and it was a, a, a kind of like a quiet move, but yeah, you know, they, they got it done. The Angels acquired, uh, not acquired because they didn't trade, but they signed Giovanni Soto to a one-year deal. Um, he was with, I think he spent last year with the White Sox. I got in here and I posted it up right here. Yeah, he spent last year with the uh, with the White Sox. He's been a guy he kind of. You know, uh, was with the Cubs for all those years. I think he was an all-star over there, um, years ago now. Uh, he's about 32 years old, but, you know, uh, he went from, uh, Chicago- the Cubs to the Rangers, uh, to Oakland, to the White Sox. Uh, so, you know, he's a guy who, let's look at his career numbers here. He's got a career numbers are, wow, well, he's not bad. He's 101 career home runs in 11 seasons, uh, but you know those first three seasons were played one game in 05 11 in 2006 and 18 so really in 2008 his rookie year really was when he was an all-star in chicago and uh he was a rookie of the year oh wow i didn't know that but he's a guy who when you think about giovanni soto like you think oh the guy the guy has pop and i whether it's an improvement or not i don't know okay i mean yeah i guess i don't know um his batting average isn't that great. He made 219 last year in 78 games. But you know what? Whatever you can get from from, from the catcher's position, I think. Um, really what you're looking for is somebody who can call a great game. Uh, but I, I like the move. I like that. I, I thought, oh, Giovanni Soto, cool. I see him platooning. I see him taking more of the the games. I think uh, Carlos Perez will be the, the, the second guy who is probably going to catch a guy or two here and there. Um, kind of spell. Um Soto, but it's it's going to be a, a Perez-Soto duo combo there with, I think, Soto taking more of the games, um, so uh, that's that, and then, let's see, another, and now here's here's what they're doing, and I think this is what's frustrating a lot of people, what we had heard earlier in the offseason was that the Angels are going to go after a big-name outfielder, and now in just recent, I think just yesterday. We heard uh, from you know Artie that maybe they're not going to be in the move for a big guy. I knew this weeks ago because this is what happened. Um, last, or about a month, not quite a month ago, a few weeks ago, the Angels uh, signed uh, an outfielder from uh, the Rockies named Rafael Ortega. Um, he's a left, I think he's a left-handed hitting guy. Um, just a decent like little player. But it reminded me of a lot of what they did last day, picking up DeJesus, picking up Victorino. They had a lot of picking up Joyce. They had a lot of guys who were like, oh, they're okay, but not great. And I think this is happening again because last night they signed Daniel Nava to a one-year deal too. Which pretty much tells me I think they're going to go with what they have. They're going to go with like a platoon job with Nava, maybe Ortega. Um, you know, Calgill got traded away too. And so to me, I never, I never really was a big fan of Colin Calgill. I liked the guy, but he wasn't like he didn't. They got traded or not I really didn't care Um, But I think this is what's going to happen I I really honestly don't think You never know though You never know The last couple of years Angels kind of came out of nowhere With these signings Um, I just But I don't see it happening Um, I'm not I'm not seeing them Going out and getting a guy Like Cespedes or Gordon Would I like it? Sure I mean obviously But what happened the last time What happened the last time The Angels signed a left fielder or a right fielder But you know What happened? Josh Hamilton. Do we want that? I mean, will it happen again? Probably not, but I just don't see it happening, you know? Um, I just don't see it happening. I mean, uh, I don't see it happening. (laughs) Um, Whether they do or not, I mean, the options are, you know, I would have loved Jason Hayward, but that, that would have took a lot of money. Whether the Angels would want to do that or not, I don't know. They'd have had to try to move a guy like CJ or somebody like that, but you know, there's still a lot of time. Um, we're, it's not even Christmas yet. And a lot of the moves happen in late December, early January. So we still have time here, um, for that to happen, for the angels to pick up maybe a suspect. maybe an update. I don't know, you know, um, so, um, uh, and also during my time absent, the angels actually went to the winter meetings. And, um, here's an interview with Mike Sosha from the winter meetings that I want to play for you guys to, um, you know, um, uh, I feel just I just wanted to play just so you guys can get kind of an idea of what Mike Sosha felt of the winter meetings. Um, You know, they went out there and they 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 made a it's not like the angels made a huge splash because if you remember like three four years ago in 2012 something like that we were we won it. So here's an interview with Mike Sosha and we asked to say about the winter meetings and the angels. Uh, There we go, shaping up. (laughs)
1: I think it's pretty clear of, about where I think where we need to go and where our upgrades need to be, and it starts um, on the offensive side, blending in with the offensive pieces you begin, giving you a cohesive defense. I think Andrelton is a uh, special defender that I think is separated from pretty much every shortstop in the game. From any scouting report I've read, talking with uh, people who were in the Braves organization that that saw him both in the major leagues and minor leagues. And we're excited to get that piece into our team. Now, that being said, I think I think he is going to be a difference maker. There's absolutely no doubt. the 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 um, the pressing need for our club is offense. And so, as Andreton plays shortstop, and he's going to he's going to pick it and make us better. Uh, we also have to infuse what he does in the offensive side into our lineup. And uh, in in looking around and evaluating, um, he puts the ball in play. He's a good situational hitter. He's got a little bit of power. So his offense will be important to us just as well as he plays defense. So the most important part we need from Albert is his, um, you know, 650 plate appearances and, you know, hitting in the middle of our lineup and being as productive as as he is. Um, and if we can do that with him playing the Gold Glove caliber first base, that he can bring, great. But we definitely don't want to jeopardize his ability in the batter's box with what he has to do at first base. And we saw that, you know, during the latter last month of the season where he was primarily DHing because of his foot that's important to us so there's a lot of things that we need to do than just specifically say leadoff hitter we absolutely need to set the table better for mike trout that's an absolute how that happens if it's a leadoff hitter guy in second or it's two guys ahead of him or if he's sitting second with a great on base guy ahead of him however this manifests we don't know yet but that's one of the goals is to get a deeper lineup particularly with being able to set the table for uh, you know, in, in particular, Mike, uh, better than we did last year. I don't think there's any time where you sit back and go, "Hey, we have enough pitching." I don't think any you've ever heard that out of any manager or GM who say, "Oh, we have enough pitching." Hey, it just you you always want to stack stack the deck and 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 have the the depth there. So uh, I think that with the emergence of, of like Andrew Heaney and we saw, uh, you see Shue come back and hopefully regain some of the form he had a couple of years ago, Nick Tropiano, some of our younger pitchers, getting Tyler Skaggs back in this group, um, Hector Santiago, you hope has gotten to that, th- broken through to be that starter that he has the potential to be you know, I think we have uh, the depth there that will give us that type of rotation we're looking for, but you're always looking to add to it, I and mean, particularly in the bullpen where our guys were phenomenal, you know, you can't you know, I mean, we won, I think it was 33 one-run games last year. For one reason, one reason only. The wire bullpen held these. So, although those guys did a great job last year, they probably were out there a little more than you're comfortable with. So you'd like to increase some depth there and get some more guys. Either either young guys emerging like Cam Berdrosian or like Mike Morin coming back and having a, uh, a full season like he can. Fernando Salas will take a lot of pressure off of Trevor God and and um, you know Joe Smith and Houston Street.
2: So there it is. I mean, obviously he touched on a lot of points that that are pretty damn obvious. You know, um, he just said it himself. Offensively, they need a they need to upgrade. But if they're not going to go out and get a guy like Cespedes or Gordon, I don't know if 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 the guys they went out and got. Or were they like the other guy that they picked up that I was I was uh, insinuating on uh, or speaking on? But, like, you know, they picked up like guy like De Jesus last year, Victorino, uh, guys like that. Well, they picked up a guy, Quentin Berry. I think you guys know who he is. He played for the Cubs last year. A decent player. Um, very, like, fast guy. Um, with, like, one of the. the he reminds me of like a remember when Sean Figgins first came in and they bring him in and pitch to run. It's kind of like that a quick guy, but a decent major league outfielder. But is he a guy you want in your lineup every day? You know. And another guy that the Angels picked up was uh, Craig Gentry. Um, is it Craig Gentry? I don't even remember his first name. Uh, Gentry, uh, uh, Craig Gentry. Yeah, Craig Gentry. They um they signed him. They they picked him up. Um. I mean, again, another guy who, he's not bad, but, you know, off, he said it himself, Mike Sosha. offensively, we need to pick it up, we need to set the table for Mike Trout. Um, another guy, and then another pretty big move that they did, the Angels went out and they traded for third baseman, uh, Unal Escobar, who is a guy who's been traded number of times, but you know what, I like Unal Escobar at third base, our infield's going to be on point. On point and what he can do offensively, he had a damn good season last year for the Nationals. I think he he had like I don't I don't wanna be wrong. Let me check his stats real quick. I don't want to be wrong tell you guys he had this many home runs and he did it. So give me a second while I pull this up. I should have like I said I should've had it already. He had he batted three fourteen last year in hundred and thirty nine games with nine home runs fifty six RBIs. What stood out at me was a three fourteen batting average. That' That's an upgrade instantly from from David Freeze. If he can if he can bat 280, I'm good. But if he bats 314 again, hell yeah, great trade. Right, here. Angels picking up you know, Escobar was was awesome. I was a, uh, to me it was a great deal. Um, you know the problem is they they got um um they released Trevor Gott. And he just talked about it right now on the uh, Mike Social about Trevor Gott. But you know what, the Angels I think. Bullpen-wise, Cameron and hopefully, stepping up, maturing. Mike Moran, I think, had a down year last year. We had a great year the year before. Get him back, throwing good. I a lot of people hate Fernando Salah. If you put him in the right situation, don't use him in wrong spots. But Use him how he's supposed to be used. He's one of the best late-inning relievers that you can get on the market. We have him on our team. Guys like that who can step up, I'm not worried about but what I'm worried about is more production from the offense. You know, Trot's going to do his thing. No doubt He's the best player in baseball. Pujols, if you have another season like he did last year, cool. I would like the batting average to go up a little bit. Whether it's going to happen or not, maybe not. It's probably not going to happen. But we need guys at the top of the order. You know, maybe a guy like, you know, Escobar or Anderson Simmons get on base. But I, w- I would have liked to have seen them go out and get a guy like Cespedes, another power bat. Alex Gordon would be freaking amazing on the end. I would, that would be awesome. I would love uh, Jason Hayward, but it didn't happen. But I think, like I said, yesterday with them picking up Nava, I see the platoon of, of Gentry, Nava, you know, Barry. Yeah, I, I kind of just see that happening. And do I like it? No, I'm not. I mean, I would I would have loved them to pick somebody else up, but it's not going to happen. And we'll get, maybe next week I'll have somebody come on with me and we'll talk more about, you know, situ- like, you know, bullpen situation, lineup situation, um, things of that nature. But as for right now, that was pretty much the brunt of the acquisitions or the trades or the signings that the Angels did. And moving forward now, I mean, like I said, we there's still mo- the, a lot of the big, big guys haven't signed yet. You know, you still have Cespedes out there, you still have Gordon out there, you still have guys out there, and we'll see what happens. The Angels might pull something out of the hat like they've always done. So it won't surprise me if they go out and get a guy like Cespedes or Gordon. But what's, what scares me is the acquisition of all these okay outfielders. Leads me to believe that maybe they're done with that. So with that being said, you know, I'm going to leave that at that, And that's what it is. Well, I mean, I mean that's pretty much it. I'm going to sh- end the show with that. Um... I'm going to get in some cheap plugs and I'm going to uh, uh, be on my merry way on this Thursday afternoon. Um, quick, again, I want to thank everybody who listened. Everyone who's listened to the All Angels podcast from day one. I know I've been missing. I'm back. Johnny Mags is back. Um, quick shout out to Croom Dog at uh, ABF. Eddie Colvin. Big Papa Anthony Hansen, um, My boy Serge. Um, all the... Jason Hendricks, my buddy, my Irish buddy. Um, all my all my Angels fans out there, man. You guys, thank you for listening. All my Bearded Villain brothers who are listening, salute SoCal BV. You know it. Um, and just that's um, it, pretty much. And you know, big shout out to K Dub and T Raj in the morning, uh, and uh, Mason Ireland in my like, mid afternoon. So listen to ESPN 710 for them and a big shout out to just all the listeners out there man wherever you click this link to listen to me I appreciate the love the support you guys uh I really I really do appreciate it but with that being said that's it for the 11th edition of the oldest podcast I'll see you guys I'll keep you guys informed I'll see you guys I'll probably say in January so hope by next time you hear me it'll be 2016 so I'll I'll see you guys next year, but I might drop one before then. If there is, I'll post it on Facebook, I'll post it on any baseball family, I'll post it up on Spreaker, but as for right now, big shout out to all my Halos family.